0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the 63rd episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor Podcast with your host, Donna Leah, and we have the lovely Ashley Downing with us as well. Hi, everybody. All right, oh, by the way guys, it's part two of this episode and once again, we're gonna be resuming that episode that we were watching yesterday. Uh, Once again, featuring Jimmy Dore and Nick Brana, who was one of the staff members for Our Revolution and the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump right back in. Let's just pick up where we are, uh, where we left off. About 10 minutes left in the video. Let's ride this. Let's ride this bitch out, okay? Mm-hmm.
1: Institutional pressure in the party moderates elected officials and reels them into the mainstream. The Democratic Party blocks most progressives from getting into office, and the few that make it through are then dependent.
0: Oh, by the way, uh, for those who didn't watch yesterday and you're just tuning into this video, or you're just uh, listening in and uh, to this podcast episode. Uh, what Jimmy Dore is talking about right now is a series of tweets that Nick Brana had uh, tweeted out on Twitter, <laughs> uh, of course, right? So um, he's just reading those aloud for everybody to kind of watch and follow along. But a Really, really interesting thread. If you did not catch the last episode, definitely be sure to catch the last one before uh, diving into this one. Uh, so you can kind of get the gist up on everything.
1: Dependent on the party for their power, privilege, and career. Boy, have we seen that play out with AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Bro Khanna. It's amazing, to, and, and it's just amazing, and Bernie, Elizabeth yeah. Warren, Sherrod Brown. It's amazing to see them go along with the biggest transfer of wealth in the history of the world. It it was stunning. So that's what, what you're saying has happened is, has just happened to them, and it's continuing to happen, and we keep pointing it out, and now slowly other progressive news shows are also starting to to call out the squad and Bernie for being complicit with the corporate giveaway and the biggest transfer of wealth in the history of our country.
0: Podcasts including ones like ours. Uh, I know I guess we hey. should have been really proud of... Um, <laughs> Right. You're <laughs> taking Bernie Sanders or whatever, but in this case, it is a good thing because that means that we're sticking to our convictions. You know, we're sticking to the reasons why we started this podcast, why we care about politics, why we want things to be different. You know, so
2: absolutely. Sometimes you have to talk about the tough stuff. Well, all the time you have to talk about the tough stuff. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Those are again.
1: And you know why? Because they are they are complicit. And so you go on to say, they have to befriend neoliberal committee chairs and party leaders for committee assignments and to get their legislation heard. They have to horse trade with moderates. There, which is why AOC, none of them will call out Nancy Pelosi, and which is why Bernie won't call out Chuck Schumer. That's why. And, and until they do that, nothing will happen, which is why nothing is happening, which means that they're not nice people. They're self-interested career climbers, including fucking Bernie. Bernie's looking out for his committee assignments. His own press secretary, said, or, uh, a surrogate, said that he ran his campaign. And uh, from a point of view of I want to keep my senatorial appointments, uh, committee appointments, not from I want to win this race. So that's Mm. self-interest. That's not Bernie being nice. That's what people got to get over. This isn't about Bernie just doesn't understand he needs to fight more. Bernie doesn't fight more because he understands the consequences and he doesn't want them. He doesn't want to be like Ralph Nader. He doesn't want the wrath of Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, or the establishment. He really
0: doesn't. Am I right? Okay, so let's talk about that. I think that's a great uh, little segment that we saw there. Um, So Jimmy Dore talks about um, Ralph Nader, right? And how Bernie Sanders does not want to be there. That's his theory. Um, And it, it really does make a lot of sense. Why? Because... Ralph Nader did the right thing, was a uh, like everything that Bernie Sanders is supposed to be, except he's not calling out the Democratic Party when, when they're doing all these wrong things, you know? He's not calling out Nancy Pelosi when she's uh, standing against um, <clears throat> UBI payments. She's not uh, standing against uh, Barack Obama when he gave away his $800 billion in the TARP program to, corporate America and Wall Street, and while also kicking out over 5 million people from their houses. Uh, didn't call it other, other mainstream Democrats for doing all these horrendous things. Um, so, I mean, <clears throat> this is just a, a, a horrific cycle that we're kind of caught up in. Um, but your kind of take on, on the what he just are talking about. Uh,
2: exactly. Um, it, it, exactly everything that he's saying. It, it's It's really amazing when you, and it's actually kind of funny when you hear Trump talk about the squad and sure that they are, you know, this group of more progressive candidates that made it, you know, into Congress, but are they really the progressive squad anymore? You know, I mean, how much are they really doing to, um, to better the, general public instead of further their political careers and you have to kind of wonder that especially and I, i i hate to say that this is a sort of a consequence of bernie as well but it kind of is you know you put so much faith in this one person and um really believe that he's this uh Leader of this progressive, the progressive movement, and then you comes to find out he was wanting to take billionaire money. So it does make you question all these other progressive candidates that are in Congress, also. Um, and like he was saying, you know, he wants to keep his Senate seat. These people also want to keep their congressional seats. Um, so there obviously are some concessions that. Politicians have to make. That's just the part of life. You know, there's compromise, and you need to have compromise because we don't live in a country where everybody agrees on everything. Um, however, the things that they're conceding on are uh, things that they ran on to get in office that people voted them in office for, um, which is also just mind boggling to me that they think, like he was saying yesterday. And I'm sure he's going to continue to talk about in the rest of the video um, how it was almost like Bernie just didn't believe in it anymore. He didn't believe that he could, um, which Weaver, you know, sort of pushed him in that direction as well. But it was like, this is what's gotten you so far is your consistency with these um progressive populist policies and then for him to say oh you know what maybe we can't do it with just just you know citizens money maybe maybe we really do need the the help from corporate america and it's just like you ran on everything against this so it makes me question everybody else who's already there
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you're, I think you're actually 100% right about that. Because I mean, I know myself, I've definitely started judging uh, progressives more critically during uh, this time than I ever have before. Um, People like AOC, I never used to uh, look at her under those type of lens. But uh, ever since finding out about that roll call vote uh, for the stimulus bill, and how she did not stand up, none of the progressives stood up when they're expected um and they campaign on being truth tellers and um being on the side of the working class like if you're on the side of the working class then you should be standing up and wanting your voice recorded so that you can go back to your constituents later on when you're coming back from election time and be like okay guys i stood up for you here 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 and here but they're not going to do that why because they're gonna vote for it so that they can appease the moderates, the moderate people that are in charge of the party, AKA the Nancy Pelosi's, the people that are in charge, like they're kind of alluding to in this video, they're saying that they have to make concessions, they have to work with these people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that, that's part of this. Yeah,
2: know,
0: you know, so, I really- Which crazy... is
2: just another reason why we need another party. <laughs> a Hashtag people's party, like Nick Abana has here.
0: Literally, okay, so let's continue uh, the video right about that it's true it's true and
3: i go on to kind of um identify some of the other institutional forces and so i i don't know if you plan on here
1: here i'll show them you say they have to spend personal time with and win votes from the establishment democrats who were easy to who were easy to criticize from the outside these dynamics quickly take the edge off their critiques of the party and their colleagues, and it waters down their messages and platforms, which is why you'll see AOC wave exactly. her arms and scream about the stimulus bill while voting for it, and also at the same time saying it's a joke and an insult of a bill, but I'm not going to call out anybody who votes for it. The-
0: um, let's just pause that really quick and kind of talk about, because I, I he brings up a really good point, which is how progressives nowadays are more like mouthpieces. They're, they give a lot of lip service. They are <laughs> mouthpieces for the movement, right? But they don't, they don't really do a lot of like solid actions to progress the movement forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, they you're, don't
2: walk, walk the walk or walk their talk.
0: <laughs> your take on that, Ash? Do you, what do you think about that?
2: Um, yeah, they, I completely agree. I think that, um, when we did talk about this you know, previously with the second stimulus bill, we had talked about the fact that this was actually, um, a recorded vote and AOC was among the, the few people who, you know, spoke out against it and voted no. Um, but she did it the first time. And it's very convenient that the the vote that's recorded is the vote that she decides to speak out on. Um, So, and then kind of like what I was saying before, now you have this whole thing with Bernie, so it just makes you question people's motives even more. Um, So, yeah. um,
0: Like, who can we trust anymore, guys? Like, who's left?
2: Well, like you were saying, they're all talking the same talk, but they... They once they get in the position where they can actually do something, they walk the same walk as everybody else in this in the building. (laughs) They don't do anything different, even though they've talked this big game, you know. Um, like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren saying they want to, you know, feed out corruption. And then they they just decide to walk right in the room and join.
0: How is that any better than like Donald Trump like saying that he running on the fact that he's gonna drain the swamp? and f- literally filling it uh, in ways that we've never seen before with the swamp exactly. people that he could possibly think of so just
2: hypocrisy
0: interesting very interesting to kind of be aware of so let's resume the video
1: those two things are incongruent, and they show exactly what Nick is pointing out here. That's exactly what has happened to AOC already. She's going to scream and rail against the Republicans, but she'll never scream and rail against Nancy Pelosi or the other Democrats, who are actually the people she has the influence over or, uh, or on. You go on to say, that's why Bernie almost never, and this is a fact, asked him Canova, that's why Bernie almost never supports primary challenges against incumbent Democrats in Congress. And why even AOC is backing away from creating a corporate free caucus in the House and supporting the primary challenges she said she would two years ago. So Jen Uger's already calling out AOC for this kind of bullshit. Uh, I've been calling her out for it for a while. Uh, I, now you're calling her out. I hope other progressive
0: shows start calling her out for it because this. Oh, I wanted to mention something really, really interesting that kind of popped in my head as soon as we started talking about AOC more and the Democrats in Congress. So the organization, a lot of people know, uh, this organization because of AOC, they were the organization that got her into it. Uh, her, Ilhan Omar, like, um. Um, all these people right so uh, it's justice Mm -hmm. democrats they the justice democrats now have formed the super PAC so the people that put the Ilhan Omar Rashida Tlaib and all these other progressives and probably aiming for many more progressives to get into uh congress using that organization they're forming a super PAC at the same time like what the fuck is that Like, is there no decency anymore? Like Bernie Sanders um, uh, with uh, our revolution, this uh, now with justice Democrats that we're finding out, like uh, I can't take much more guys. These are just gut punches to me, Uh, (laughs) literally. Uh, So let's go ahead and resume.
1: This is exactly the opposite of, so now people like AOC, AOC won't even back now. So let me throw it to you, Nick. Uh, uh, this is what, so this has been evident for, um, with Bernie for a while. I didn't, just didn't see it. And now it's obvious for the entire squad, uh, and Bernie Sanders himself, uh, that this is actually the case that they've been, uh, well, I, let me see no, you you say you don't the Democra you don't change the Democratic party. the Democratic Party changes you, right yeah
3: um, that's that's just it is that you know, as much as um we we can criticize, you know, and this is something that I really wanted to share with folks on your show is that uh, I think that for a long time, there was kind of a I don't know, there was like a vow of silence, I've heard Chomsky use that term before, around um, criticizing Bernie, and around criticizing you know, other members of the progressive movement, but particularly him. Uh, and I think that now that's changing, um, you know, I think you played a large role in that, Jimmy, and I think that's you know, frankly something that the movement is you know, really in your debt for, um, because it's not healthy. Is not healthy to me, you know, like change and improvement and growth as a movement requires introspection. It requires us to think about what's working yeah. and what isn't. It requires us to hold each other accountable. And if we're not doing that, then we're stagnant or we're repeating strategies that just don't work, you know? And so
0: um, that guy is a hundred percent hitting it, the nail on the head with that, because if anything, what we're kind of experiencing is stagnation, yeah, declination, definitely. And we have been experiencing that. It's not anything new. It's decades old, decades old, and purpose purposeful.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting that he says, you know, the Democratic Party changes you instead of vice versa, um, because it, people have this idea, and I, and, um, uh, I. If if I'm thinking of the right episode, I think when we were talking with Professor David Ferris, this was sort of mentioned too, that, you know, the best way to, he was saying, the best way to change the Democratic, um, to make things, politics more progressive is within the Democratic Party. But I just think that that is completely false. I don't think that that's possible. Um, because, and for all the reasons that he's saying and kind of for what he was saying in his tweet before as well, people are uh, like AOC and all these other progressive Congress, Congress um, men and women now, they will speak out against Republicans, but they can't speak out or, well, can't, <laughs> they won't speak out against Democrats. Um, which is the problem, you know, we didn't put you there because we want you to be par- a, a Democrat. We put you there because we wanted you to be progressive, um, you know, not, not follow the, Democrat, the Temogra- Democratic establishment. Um, so I just think that like everything he's saying is so spot on with the fact that um, hashtag Dem exit is the only way to go now. It really is. I don't see any other way of getting progressive policies actually pushed forward.
0: Um, I don't know, I can't see anything either, but let's go ahead and see what they have to say about it. Uh,
3: This doesn't mean that, you know, necessarily like uh, pointing, you know, critiquing an action of someone, people can be so black and white and you know, it's critiquing an action that someone takes doesn't mean that you hate them or that you oppose everything that they stand for or that you don't want to see them win i would like to see bernie unsuspend his campaign me too and and replace biden but i can i can hold that simultaneously not you know mutually exclusively with the criticisms that i have of him and his campaign and i believe that other people should be able to do that for him for aoc you know for the other members of the squad for other people who who are with us, where you know we where we disagree with them, or where we think that they aren't living up to um, you know to to the ideals that the movement embodies, and, and that's how we produce
1: change. I, you, you you don't produce change by making excuses for people doing the wrong thing and and for not calling them out and bernie is it's funny bernie's the one who told who tells people like me hold my feet to the fire i have the videotape of him saying that and don't listen to me you should listen to yourselves he i have the videotape and then and now all of a sudden in 2020 you're irresponsible if you don't listen to him uh and and, and uh, i guess we're not supposed to hold his feet to the fire i i don't know what's going on uh so now, because of this, you've, you're, you're making a push for a third party. And it's a movement for a people's party. And uh, you, here's a, a stat you tweeted out uh, about um, America's views on the need for a third party. In your view, do the Republican and Democratic parties do an adequate job of representing the American people? Or do they do such a poor job that a third part, major party is needed? And so the dark green is the people who want to say a third major party is needed. Wow. It's somewhere around 60% of the country says that.
0: And wow. 60% of Americans think that a third party is needed. Yeah. And that's incredible. And yet at the same time, to be aware of how people actually vote come, ele- uh, come November in election time. Mhm. Really interesting.
2: And the and the amount of and I talked about this in my previous blog post the amount of shit people give you for voting third party is astronomical. Astronomical. I mean <laughs> it's literally uh like the worst the worst thing to tell somebody in election season. I
0: mean, why do you think that Bernie Sanders doesn't want to be the next Ralph Nader? Why? Because he's basically on the fringes of the political establishment. He Mm -hmm. has been forgotten uh, since he went up against Al Gore, and they blamed him for the loss of Al Gore against uh, George W. Bush.
2: Well, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to run third party because he didn't think that he would be elected to the president to the presidency if he ran third party. That's why he ran as a Democrat, which clearly was not a good choice. Yeah, my bad.
0: My bad. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So. So. Horrible. So I mean, but once again, that's why Bernie Sanders is scared. He doesn't want to be known that way. Uh, Doesn't want to be disregarded in that way. Um, But at the same time, by taking that choice, by going that route, you're sacrificing your integrity, your consistency, the reason why all these people are following you and basically the integrity of your movement. Completely. So I don't know. Uh, Let's go ahead and resume the video.
1: And it's somewhere under 40%, under 40% of the people think the Democrats and Republicans do a good job. So an overwhelming majority of people think the two parties do a horrible job, and an overwhelming majority thinks we should have a third party. Uh, the point of Bernie staying on the ballot is twofold. Well, part of it is that he wants to get delegates so he can have a pretend influence on a, on a platform that has absolutely no influence on anything. So it's just a charade hundred uh, percent. And anybody who tells you that the democratic platform ma- matters a-, a bit is either a fucking idiot or a party hack. That there's a- they're just an idiot or a party hack because the platform has absolutely no effect on anything. It never has. It never will. It's never going to. So anybody who tells you that Bernie's staying in to get delegates so he can influence the platform is straight up fucking gaslighting you. And if Bernie tells you that, he is also gaslighting you, just like when Bernie gaslights you to say that Joe Biden is the answer to our problems right now. A demented guy who's to the right of Trump. Bernie's lying to you when he says that because he's protecting his own position. So he'll he'll lie to you. And he's doing it right now. Is that too strong of me to say, Nick, that Bernie's lying to you when he says you should vote for Joe Biden? Because he is actually lying to you. Because Joe Biden is a demented right-winger who's worse. Uh, I, 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 go ahead. I'll just really throw it to you. I, I think Bernie knows better um, that that
3: Biden really is not going to change. Um, I think that, um, and, uh, and, and I'm, you know, I've, Even if he was uh, willing to change, I don't necessarily see, I haven't seen from Bernie that he's willing to do what it's necessary to make him change. Um, Bernie's staff recently had to petition him openly just to keep the organizing operation going. You know, I, like, this was kind of one of those our revolution moments for me. I was like, holy shit, the staff are, like, engaged in this fight with him just like I you know, just like we were, and it's like, it makes, I don't know, it makes so little sense, and I, I just don't understand the rationale behind it, like, what you, so Bernie, Bernie built up this amazing organizing apparatus during the campaign, you know, and if you're going to suspend the campaign, it seems like there's a lot of other worthy causes that could, you know, that you could continue to organize around, like, maybe, um, you know, mutual aid, or a rent strike, or a general strike, or a new party, or, um, you know, even according to, you know, whatever you're trying to do, Bernie, uh, helping Biden, you know, or down-ballot progressives. But, like, the idea that you would just, like, kind of let it languish, or disband it, or that you wouldn't even, or that your staff would have to, like, ask you to, to move it back to our revolution, it's like, I thought that was a given. Why is anybody, why? Do like hundreds of staffers have to sign a letter telling you to keep your organizing going? You said you were going to be the organizer in chief. You know, so like even if Biden was movable, I'd like, I, you know, as far as Bernie, I don't see him taking the steps that it, that would be required even to, to, to move him. Because if there ever was a time to be organizer in chief, it's now during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. During, a, you know, a global financial meltdown, you know, when a third of people couldn't pay, like, their, their rent, you know, and the, when there's bread lines forming across the country, it's like, if there ever is a time to get progressive issues, like, moving, it's now. And, you know, and I, I don't see him, like, engaging to the level that's required.
0: So, that is the end of the video. So, once again, um, let's just kind of go over the, the gist of it. Um, so what do we find out from this episode? We found out that a third party is uh, supported by the majority of Americans. We found out that AOC and other progressives are not as strong as we thought they were, or on our side, at least, as, as much as we thought they were we found out that a lot of the progressives do way more lip service than they do, uh, walk the walk. Uh, if you want to look at it like that. Um, and anything else that we learned? Oh yeah. Ber- uh, that Bernie Sanders does not want to be, uh, or to end up like, um, Ralph Nader, uh, like the Ross oh. Crow or any other person that, um, threatened the two party, uh, duopoly in this country. Um, Anything else?
2: Um, that it is Invisible. physically, that it's really um, seeming to look like it's physically impossible to do anything inside the Democratic Party. Um, that's not going to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, no, there's no upward mobility in the Democratic Party.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, It definitely does not seem that way. What's become increasingly apparent is um, I've kind of like been watching more and more is that like you just can't work within the Democratic Party and expect to actually get somewhere if you're a progressive. You know what I'm saying? Like Bernie Sanders tried it. AOC is trying it. uh, Other progressives are trying it. No progressive has actually tried it and made it since FDR in the 30s. And like I mentioned in other episodes, that is not a mistake that uh, no one has succeeded since then.
2: Yeah. Well, and let's, and also, I mean, it, it it hasn't, like, let's not forget how long ago was that these people were elected. Not that long ago. I mean, we have people in Congress that have been there for a very long time. Um, so <laughs> the fact that they haven't even been there that long and it's already, like, we're listening to, I don't want to say mini Nancy Pelosi's, but we're listening to people who are starting to get their feet wet and realize, I don't know, maybe I'm comfy here. Maybe I don't want um, to push the envelope as much as I said I did. Um, and they haven't even been there that long. They yeah. haven't even been there that long. Um, so that's a bit scary.
0: <laughs> it is. Um, But at the same time, they are overall at least, um, I mean, she did vote against the second uh, stimulus bill. She does support a lot of these good things. She does go out into her community and give out food during the COVID pandemic. Um, AOC, is. she seems like a great person, which is why it makes zero sense for her to do the the actions that she's taking, um, even though they're very low key and she's doing a pretty good job of it by fooling most Democrats so far um but the the few of us that are aware and do know we see you, you know we see you we see Bernie Sanders we see the rest of the progressives that are not sipping up for us um and what we need to understand from that is that if they're not going to do it then we have to because what mm-hmm. happens when all of our establishments all our institutions fail it's left to us so, and that's where we're really at, you know, like I mentioned on the previous episode or maybe uh, the one before that, we're going to lose the White, like we're going to lose the White House. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump's going to keep that. Uh, uh, the Senate, I'm pretty sure Mitch McConnell is going to hold onto that Republican Senate. Uh, the House, uh, the Democrats can hope and pray for to keep that. And even if they do, uh, I'm sure nothing uh, really a substantial <laughs> out of there anyways, like it has for like, the last like two years or so that they have don't been, forget the supreme court the supreme court as well um that's 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 a goner so i mean when we lose all branches of government what's left you know so that that's what i mean by saying that so once again guys it's up to us we have to stand up we have to make our voices heard um i want to talk about this um uh, one article i want to mention it really fast before we go i was reading it by i think it was politico and it was like how Puerto Ricans are going out and protesting the right things. And I actually shared it on, on, on our Facebook um, page. So you can go ahead and check it out there. Um, but <clears throat> these people were showing up in their cars and caravans. They labeled it something. I think it was like caravans for, for the future or something like that. Um, whatever. But they had like microphones and they were yelling out of their car at the government because they had not, um, well, a, it, No one in Puerto Rico has gotten a stimulus check yet. Um, B, they are constantly overlooked for a million different things, and especially when it comes to, like, the hurricanes that they have to endure and other natural disasters that they endure, not to mention corruption. Their fucking governor just stepped down uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, They have a lot to be upset about, Um, and they're- They're
2: not allowed to vote, but they're considered American citizens.
0: On top of that as well. (laughs) So like, that's why, that's just uh, a few of the reasons that they're coming out, um, but they are coming out, but for the right reasons. And they're, I'm sure they're scaring the right people. I'm sure they're scaring the right people in their, uh, so. in their territory. Yeah. So um, anything to add on before we, before we scram? Uh, that's all I have for today. Okay, go. Cool. No, okay. I think so. so sounds good guys thank you so much for tuning in once again to our podcast we cannot wait to see you in the next episode and of course uh let everybody know about this your mom your daddy your grandpa your uh dogs your cats your parents <laughs> uh, your uncle stew they haven't seen in like six years so um Once again, yeah, just let them know that we're an up-and-coming podcast. Uh, We only seek to educate you guys and arm you against the oligarchy that wants nothing more than to see us repressed. Um, So let's do it, guys. Let's get out there. All right, so thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode.
2: Bye.